In today's episode, we're going to talk about the upcoming Q2. That's the second quarter of 2023 and why it's an exciting time for pest control owners. So stick around. You own a pest control company and marketing and advertising ain't what it used to be. Just so you know, software and millennials are not the answer. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. Our passion is to teach you online and digital marketing without all the techno babble. Oh, it still takes hard work, sales, and a sprinkle of tech, but we'll teach you how to do it in simple terms. Let's do this. Let's get on with the show. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast, and this is your host, Casey Lewis. Well, everybody, welcome aboard. This is Casey Lewis, and I'm the host of the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. And today, what we want to talk about is, I hope it's exciting to you because it is to me, and that's that we are now rolling into Q2. And Q2 for us, and I would imagine it's the same for you, is an exciting time. And why is it exciting? What's, you know, what's the big deal? Well, it's springtime, folks. The sun's coming out. The bugs are coming out. People are thinking about keeping up with their house. The Google searches are trending. Social media is talking. So all of the work, hopefully, you put in, maybe that started after Thanksgiving or in the holidays, building up to this point for your pest control company is ready to go. And if it's not, that's what we'll talk a little bit about today. It's time to get it together right now. And we're going to end later in this podcast with a project I'm going to, I'm going to challenge all of you with that can make you a lot of money right now. And we do it every year with lots of our clients, and we do make a lot of money right away. It's just a matter of, will you do it? Will you stick with it? Will you get excited about it? Will you have some enthusiasm? Um, but as far as that goes, so today what I really wanted to start with, it was interesting. So in sort of in the pest control space, in the marketing companies and in the, in the people that have podcasts and, and are putting out content relevant to what, what we do here, which is pest control marketing service. And we help pest control owners and other home service companies, to dominate in their local market. And I tend to be um, the old school guy out there. And I, I tend to be the one that takes oftentimes a contrarian view to all of the new ways of doing business. And I, and I don't do it in a negative way where I'm knocking it. I get it. You know, software is good. Technology is good. <clears throat> but there comes a point where you just have to, you know, really, you really just have to roll up your sleeves and get to work. Uh, what was that that one commercial they had years ago? You know, how do we earn our money? We earn our money the old-fashioned way, or, or we make our money the old-fashioned way. We earn it. And I can't remember that, that old guy that did that commercial. I thought it was a great commercial. But my point to you and what I want to talk about is – getting carried away with technology and software and losing focus on running your business. 
And in this, uh, what prompted some of this, I'm listening to this podcast, and it's another, um, there's several different podcasts in the space. Um, all of them are a little different, a little different personalities, a little different maybe um, thinking on on the subject of marketing for pest control. But I, I like to listen to them. They give me food for thought. They give me things to think about. They oftentimes will give me things that I don't disagree, that I disagree with that I'll talk about. But what was interesting and in this discussion, these two guys are big time technology software guys. And they got to talking. And as I listened, what they were really talking about was the disadvantage oftentimes software can bring into a business environment because it can be so overwhelming, so time consuming, and so difficult that you end up actually managing your software instead of your business. And, and one of the one of the ways that this uh, this one gentleman put it, and I couldn't agree more with him, was that you want to make sure that you, you the business owner, you the manager, know what your your business processes and procedures are, and that your software is sought after to help you as a tool to facilitate those processes and procedures. And so often it ends up being the other way around, where now we go get software because we think the software is going to solve our procedural or our process issues. And it's not, it's just not, it's going to create more. And now we have to learn it. Now we have to implement it. Now we have to migrate our data and all of these things that go along with it. And you end up consuming so much time with the software that sometimes had you just got a you know a piece of paper and a pencil and did it the old-fashioned way, you probably would have got more done. Now, again, that's not necessarily to knock software. We use software here. I have some very expensive software that just kills me every month, all the money that we spend on it. But we need it. We use it. And we dictate to the software what, what we're going to do. The software doesn't dictate to us what we're going to do. And I think the the underlying point, and, and as we have this discussion about Q2 and it's a great time of the year for pest control and being ready and launching whatever you're going to launch to go grow the business and and being fun and happy and enthusiastic. All of those things in this case really revolve around your processes and your procedures within your organization. Are they good? Are they established? Are they written down? Are they trained? Does everybody understand it? And I'm not going to, you know, in the course of this podcast, we've got a lot of things I wanted to uh, to wander around and chat about today. And uh, so I'm not going to go too deep into process and procedure. But I, I, again, in any business, it's an issue. It's an issue in our business here. We are constantly battling our own internal processes and procedures on what is the best way to do things. You know, step one, step two, step three. And then when does software come in and help to facilitate that and make that efficient and make that be something that we can document and train others and scale as opposed to being out of control, not being able to manage things, looking at some software, watching some ad on Facebook or something to this extent, listening to some influencer guru that says, oh, just get this, plug it in, and your life is going to be great. And that never works, never. Trust me, tried it, been there, spent 
tens of thousands of dollars, it doesn't work. You aren't going to find a software product you're going to plug in and it's just going to magically fix all of the issues that you may be having with just straight up practices, procedures, and, and processes in your, in your own organization. So take some time and really think through as we're going into Q2. Do you have all your processes and your procedures in your business in order? And if you don't, please take some time and really sit down and get that together. And we're talking about everything here. This can be the manner in which you send a technician out into the field. This can be the manner in which you answer the phones in the discussion you have with those people. This can be what you sell to who, how, why, when. This can be even internally your operations, how you uh, purchase your chemicals, where you store them, what you do with them, uh, how you're doing your daily reporting when your technicians uh, come in from their routes. How do we get all of the paperwork, everything that we need done and out the door. So all of these things are really, really important to you. And I'm going to leave you with one last little tidbit. I talk about this all the time. I'm always going to talk about it. And that's inside of those processes, the things that you're doing, you need to know what your cost per lead is. And then how many of those leads do you need to get a new customer which will be your customer acquisition cost. So keep that in the back of your mind. And and as I said, I, I was stimulated by this, listening to this other podcast. Some of you may even listen, may even know what I'm talking about. And in, in our intro, we take a little shot and say, software and millennials are not the answer. And what I'm really doing by that, I'm not trying to be disparaging. I'm not trying to, you know... Um, you know, make fun of anybody or, or discredit any organizations. What I am trying to say is I am an old school guy. I go back before there was Google and smartphones and social media and all the rest of this. And we still had to do the same thing, right? We still had to grow the business. We still had to get new customers. We still had to do things. And we did those old fashioned. I mean, you know, yellow page ads and, and um, just a lot of old fashioned, older things that were not uh, they, the things that are in today's technology weren't available then. And so my, my, my point is that these young people oftentimes get trained in these software products and they drink the Kool-Aid and they, you know, again, obviously they want to believe that their product is the greatest thing out there. And so their thinking is, I'm going to show you, based on what I learned and what I was trained, how you're going to grow your business using our software but they themselves very, very likely do not have any practical business experience. They likely have never had to um, run a business. They very likely have not had to use their software in a business environment and go through, <clears throat> excuse me, the stresses and the pressures of actually implementing it, training it to new employees, you know, trying to figure out where do I go because something didn't work right. How do I get to the uh, customer service group, you know, am I ending up getting sent to India? What, you know, what's happening here? So that's, that's a very different, that's very different, you know, to go purchase software and expect it to then just magically transform your business and not have anybody available that really knows how to do that. So that's enough about that. And, and, and what I'll say 
If you really want to find out about software, have some fun. Whatever software you use or you're thinking about buying or what, go on Facebook and you'll find a users group for almost every one of these. And before you go buy this, before you go, go look at the user group and just read through what's going on with these people, what they're having to deal with day in and day out, trying to get this software to do what it's going to do and how fast the guy that, or gal that sold it to you, they bail and they turn you over to the customer service group. The customer service group just has a knowledge base article. So they're sending you links with answers because they don't really know, again, from a practical standpoint. So what am I saying? I think these guys are right that I listen to on this podcast. And that's don't let your business be run by your software. Get your software and your technology in line to perform the tasks, the processes, the procedures that you want to deliver with your business. It'll always work out better for you, and it'll also make sure that you're purchasing the correct and proper software when you already know what you need it to do. So if you don't have those things in line, it may be time to do that. But springtime's here, folks. Again, I'm in, I'm in a good mood. I'm, I'm in Las Vegas, and believe it or not, it actually snowed two days this week here, which is kind of bizarre. It is cold and in Nevada, in Las Vegas, if you don't know that, in the winter. But it really was kind of strange. And now, everything's changing. Just in the last couple of days, sun's out, the weather's going up. Again, I I just get excited because we've been just like you in hibernation, going through, you know, working our tails off to get ready for this time of the year. Now, I'm going to transition now into a, a second topic before we get into our fun topic of how to make some money right now here in March and April. And that is uh, something that I deal with all the time. We, we are actually, our business, so Rhino Pest Control Marketing, is set up very similar to many of our businesses. And what I mean by that is I'm... I'm kind of the old dog at the top, been around forever, um, probably a few years away here from 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 going out of uh, uh, and into retirement or something. And I have three children, and two of them are involved in the business. A third one, she's not sure yet. She's uh, recently graduated from college, so she's, um, you know... F- you know, finding her way right now in terms of what she wants to do. And then we have a lot of people um, involved in the organization that we're all personally acquainted. So it's not really necessarily a family business, but it's it's similar. And the question that I'm going to pose to you is one of succession, a succession plan. And do you have one? Do you need one? Or do you even know what it means? But here's the question that I would say to many of you that are out there, particularly particularly you older older school guys like myself, who built your business, you know, back in the years, and now you're slowly but surely starting to transition it over to the kids or the grandkids or even you know maybe a, a close family member or something. 
And you have to make a decision that do they know what they're doing and can they continue the legacy of my business or would I be better off just to sell the darn thing and and get whatever I can out of it and be done with it? And I, I deal with this, as I said, very frequently because what happens with us very, very commonly is we will get um, inquiries and we will get calls from various people with companies. And a lot of times it'll actually be the younger people who want to convince dad or grandpa that in fact they need to make some changes in the business, you know, both they need to modernize, maybe they need to get some technology, maybe they need to do some software. And so then we kind of come in and we work together with everybody in, in that role. And then I'm the older guy, and then I've got a couple of younger sons that are in the business, one on the marketing side, one on the sales side, and then they can work together with our clients, especially when there's another generation that wants to do it a different way. So we facilitate a lot in that arena, and I see a lot of things that bother me, and they, and they, there's no other way to say it. Again, I just we get to the point we care about our clients we become sort of part of their company. And so when I see things, it's it's very hard for me uh, to keep my mouth shut when you've got some of the younger um, generation coming along and they don't have that background. They didn't build the business from scratch. They don't have a lot of business experience. They just want to get in there and they want to get a nice new cool truck. They want to tell everybody they're the owner of the company. They want to play big shot. And in fact, I see it where they're just running the the business into the ground. And you know, as soon as um, the older generation actually retires or leaves, they're going to just, they're going to destroy the company. And so for you, it it really revolves around the responsibility and duty that you have to create a succession plan that's going to deal with all this. It's going to deal with first and foremost, just who's who in the zoo, who's going to be the general manager, who's going to run operations, who's going to take care of sales and admin, et cetera. You need to, and you owe it to your family to tell them that so they understand who's going to do what, and it's going to be based on your skill set and your ability to keep the business going. And then the next thing is you really, truly do owe it to everyone to get this down in writing, get it into a plan, and then ensure that the people that are going to be uh, charged with overseeing various functions within the business, that they are required to get the training and the background and the skills necessary so that if you or me were to just die tomorrow and these these youngsters are now in charge that we've left them in a good place, that they're ready to go. They understand the responsibilities. Everybody understands who was chosen to run which department and why. There's not a lot of consternation and bitterness and bickering. All of that can be done well in advance. And and I know as being the older guy and being the elder myself, I know how hard it is sometimes to really let that go and allow that to naturally happen while you're still there because you still want to tend to save the day for everybody and you want to tend to 
to, um, you know, be the answer to all the problems. Well, we need to let them do it. You know, uh, we need to um, help them, train them, teach them, outline for them what is expected. But that is what we refer to as a succession plan. And if you don't really have one, a formal one, it hasn't been talked about, reviewed, everybody doesn't have a clear and common understanding with you on what you want happening with the business uh, after you're gone or as you transition out, please, please do yourself a favor and get that in place because you don't want to leave the kids to decide that for themselves. It's not a good situation for anybody. It's certainly not a good situation for the business. And then you're going to have the wrong people doing the wrong thing. So think about that. And uh, if you ever want to see a written succession plan, I have one and I would be perfectly willing to share it with you. Um, It's outlining just the exact same things that we're talking about here. Because I don't want to have a the godfather situation, right? Where we got to put the youngster Michael in charge and the older brother gets upset because he thinks he should have been in charge. So we have to take him out in Lake Tahoe and put him out of his misery. So we don't, we want to avoid bad situations in the family. And then at the end here, so I want to talk to you about something. So we're talking now, let me, so we've talked through, we talked a little bit about a software technology and making sure that you manage your software and not the other way around and succession in your business. If you do have a family business, if you, you know, you are thinking that maybe you're going to end your career sometime in the next few years and you've got kids, family uh, and friends involved in the company, make sure you, you really get that organized for yourself. uh, Just for your own peace of mind. It'll, it really will take a great weight off your shoulders for everyone to understand what you want and for you to put into play a plan of action that's going to make sure everybody's ready for that whenever that inevitability or that time comes. So, last, how would you like to, in the next 60 days or so, double the size of your business? Would that not be kind of cool? Wouldn't that be a good idea? And you may say, oh, yeah, okay, how are we going to do that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an idea how you're going to do that. And you may not exactly double it. You may only do 50%. But it's a way that you can actually physically do something. And we've said with this podcast, we want to be able to provide for you, the pest control owner or manager, opportunities with our podcast so you can do things. So it's just not a bunch of hyperbole and BS, but that you can walk away and go try something and that that something can actually make you some money. So here's what I'm going to say to you. And I've said this for as long as, as I can remember. And that is that if every single one of your customers today went over to their neighbor and said, I want you to uh, do business with Acme Pest Control. They're great, etc." And got that neighbor, that friend or family member to call and sign up with us. You, in fact, would double your business overnight. 
And you say to yourself, oh, okay, well, that's that's dumb. Okay, great. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, be- don't hang up yet. Don't leave. Because what I really want to do is I want to challenge you to this. And earlier I said, know your cost per lead and your new customer acquisition costs. And unfortunately, most of the businesses that I begin to work with, they don't know that. They, they kind of have a maybe a kind of sort of gut feeling, but they don't really have a good number. And you need to. And so I'm going to use a number that's just a very average number, but it's based on a lot of pest control companies that we work with, and they're in a variety of different sizes, so small, medium, and large, um, in terms of the number of, of technicians, routes, and revenue they have. But a, an average sales acquisition cost for a pest control company that's doing a pretty good job is going to be at or about $100. Maybe it's 80 bucks for some, maybe it's 125 for others. There are other variables that can exist where you're at, the market, the size of the competition around you, etc. But for easy math, let's just pretend that your average sales cost to attain a new client, new recurring subscriber for your pest control company is $100. That's how much you spent by the time we got that guy or that gal on the books, okay? And now I say to you is this, and it's funny, I had this conversation with somebody yesterday and I really got him tripped up because he didn't, he felt like, I think he felt like I was trying to trick him into something. And I really wasn't. I was trying to get him to pay attention to really what I was saying so he could have that aha moment and go, you know, you're right. But let's say you do, you spend a hundred bucks to get a customer. And then we want to put together a referral program. So refer your friends and family and get this. And all of a sudden everybody gets all tight. And what I mean, I mean money tight, penny pincher tight. I mean, now we're willing to give five bucks for a referral. Well, whoopee, five bucks guys today won't even get you a cup of coffee at a Starbucks or a hamburger at McDonald's anyway. I mean, it's just $5, you know, it's just not going to cut it. And so the point I was trying to make as we're talking through this is, look, if you're paying 100 bucks to get a customer right now, you could literally go to your whole market and you could say, look, refer your friends or neighbors right now. We'll send you a $50 bill, a nice, new, crisp $50 bill. We'll put it in your pocket if for every time that you send us a new customer that signs up and pays for a um, a subscription service to our pest control company, you know, and you actually buying if you did that, you're actually paying less per customer than what you're paying today. And again, I'm not using actual physical real numbers, but I'm going to tell you this: they're pretty close. I guarantee you right now, you could send to your marketplace 50 bucks for every referral they gave you, and you'd probably be spending less than what you're doing anyway. Think about that for a minute. And the reason I say that is another another company that we worked with years ago, this guy was a friend of mine uh, way back in the old Yellow Pages days, and he created a business. It's, it's via an app, and it's called... Um, get the referral. And what it is, is you 
as a company, you can get on this app. And then when people refer people to you on your app, you give them something so they can, they can, so they're kind of working like a cheap sales rep on the side, right? And they're sending referrals to your company and then your company sends them 50 or 60 bucks. And generally, again, it's all going to be, the, the amount you're going to give away is all going to be based on the amount of the sale you're making, the industry, et cetera. So for us, let's just say it's 50 bucks. So my challenge to you would be this. There's a couple things here that, that have to come into play to go make this happen. One. Do you have a good customer list? And does that, on that list, do we have, at the very least, their first name, their email, and their mobile phone number? Number two, is it possible with that list, can you segment it into different groups? And those different groups, again, we we don't have to figure it all out right now, but as you move forward, this is a very, very important part of, again, the processes in your business is being able to segment your contact database into groups. And it could be customers and non-customers and residential and commercial. It can be, you know, one-shots versus recurring. It can be annual recurring, which are those that maybe we do, a you know, a six-month mosquito treatment to. But that we're able to get those broken down. So let's not get too far. So let's just start with your list. Your list. And every name on there and having an email and then having a text message opportunity. And now we're going to go and we're going to begin a robust campaign project to double our business in the next 60 days. We are going to email everyone and not once a few times, and we're going to make sure they understand. Look, if you want to get a $50 bill, go tell one of your friends or neighbors, and we'll send it to you. Matter of fact, we'll send you 50 bucks for every single new customer you send to us. And we're going to do that on text messages where we have them available. If we send out any paper invoices, we're going to create a nice insert that goes in there. That tells everyone we're going to have our techs and our staff that are answering phones and are face to face with our clients every day. We are going to require them to talk to everybody about our referral program and the fact that we will give you 50 bucks if you get us a new client. And we'll do that all day, every day. And we're going to really, really make this a, a an internal grassroots kind of cultural thing in our business that we want our customers all to be worth two customers. We want them to refer someone and we want to pay them to do it. We want to make it worth their time and we want to talk about it. Now, before you just dismiss what I just said, here's what, here's in that conversation I was having with my client. And he has 400 approximately customers. And I said to him, well, let me, let me put it to you this way. If you're going to get all antsy about this and worried more about what it's costing you than what you're making, which is always an issue sometimes with marketing and advertising. But let's say that 
you now wanted to grow your business and you made the conscious decision that there was this small business down the road and this guy was going to retire and he had 400 customers and he's, you're going to go down there and make him an offer to buy the business. And you could buy the whole business for 50 bucks a customer. Would you do it? Damn right you would. Unless you, you know, unless you, if you do, wouldn't, you need to think about that. Let's just put it that way. My point to him was, well, why wouldn't we go to your existing 400 customers and make them an offer? Make them an offer they can't refuse. And make it look good. Make it sound good. Make it smell good. Make everybody excited about it. Tell everybody. Tell them more than once. Keep telling them. Stick with it. Evaluate the success that everybody had. Have a contest in the company. So, you know, the person that gets the most referrals through their efforts, they, they and their spouse or their loved one, they get to go to a free dinner to the nicest restaurant in town. Do something. Get aggressive. Set a goal. Create a campaign. Stick with it. Evaluate all your results every week. Don't stop. Get everyone involved and be proud about it. Don't be shy. Be proud. Get out there and tell everybody, hey, Acme Pest Control is the best darn pest control in this town, and we want to tell you about it. And you know what? If you tell your friends and your family, we'll give you $50, a fresh, crisp $50 bill. Yeah, we know it's not even a tank of gas anymore, but it's better than a stick in the eye, right? So, again, my... (laughs) I don't want to get too carried away, but here's here's why I get a little aggravated. And this is, again, the old school in me, the football coach in me, the guy in me. And that is, I am telling you something right now, right here, that you can go do. I promise you, I've done it. And we do it every year with a number of different customers. If you do what I just told you, if you create a plan that makes it worth it, for someone to refer a customer to you from amongst your own customer list, if you get that together, you get it organized, you get out in front of them, you put it in your invoices, maybe you add it into your social media posts. If you post to Facebook, get it out there, let everybody know, look, if you refer somebody to us and they sign up for pest control, we'll give you $50. And I'm going to tell you, Think long and hard if you think it's not worth 50 bucks for a new customer. Because I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, this just, just basic industry average, your average customer is going to be worth almost $500 annually. And if you are a good pest control company that's doing a good job, they're going to stick around on an average three years each. That's $1,500, $50 for $1,500. Now, if I could stand in the corner and hand out $50 bills for you and bring you $1,500 customers, you would be very, very pleased with me, and I'm sure you would make sure I had plenty of $50 bills to get the most bang for what we're doing. Anyway, so I that, that's really it. I mean, I wanted to have just sort of a bit of a fun podcast here today, talk about a few things real quickly. As we get into Q3 here, I'm going to try to work with you. We're going to interview a number of of pest control companies. Some we work with, some we don't. 
to really start talking about tangible things that you can do in your market to grow your business. I just gave you one, one simple idea that has great opportunity to go grow you some new customers and new business right now, tomorrow. You don't have to buy any Google clicks to do it. You don't have to write any blog articles to do it. You don't have to optimize any uh, SEO pages. The only thing you really need to do is is quite possibly um, understand and know how to use an email program. If you don't have one, you don't know how to do it, you don't know what to do, I'll show you a couple places you could get one that's a, kind of a free trial just so you could try it out. We can get this thing up and we can get it going. So that's your challenge. And I really want to hear back from you. I really would love to get some emails to me. My email is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at Rhino, R-H-I-N-O, pros, P-R-O-S, dot com. I would love to hear from some of you. We also, on that, on the podcast, in the show notes, if you look, there's a place you can leave a voicemail. And I would love to be able to play those right here on this and see if any of you try this. See if you've got the you-know-what to just get off your you-know-what and go do this. It's free marketing free advice. It's a great idea. It will work. The more customers you have, the more opportunity you have. But again, what I'm trying to do is get you motivated. Okay, we're now into the season. The sun is out. Life is good. Everything's going on all around us. Don't listen to social media news. Turn off all the bad news. No, we're not going to go to war. Life is good. God is good, and this is to your success. So I'm Casey Lewis. I'm out of here. I hope this was helpful, and please go try your referral program right now. We're just heading into March and April. If you do it, you will be able to add significant new customers to your business right now. So have a great day. God bless. I'll see you on the next one, guys. You've been listening to the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. If you own a pest control company anywhere in the country, by using our services, we will help you grow and prosper. Casey has 30 years in marketing and advertising under his belt. He managed and oversaw a sales force of 4,000 inside and outside sales reps tasked to work with every pest control owner in the USA. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Rhino Digital Media. Let us take your digital marketing to the next level. See you next time on the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast.